Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Red Shirts and Runabouts. This is Derek, your regular host here on the show. I have my two recurring guest hosts with me here. I've got Zach. How's it going? And Ray. How you doing, big boy? Hi. <laughs> um, so for those who have been following along, we did think that maybe Ray was not going to journey with us on these away missions. But, Your pun. <laughs> but uh, we, we convinced her otherwise. So um, we are doing things a little bit different here to close out 2018. So... With Discovery coming back in January and us being done reviewing all 13 Star Trek films plus Galaxy Quest, we have decided to take on the short treks, which are the short form episodes based on Star Trek Discovery that are airing on CBS All Access, one a month. And so as we're recording this, there are two out right now, Runaway and Calypso. So we are going to be reviewing Runaway tonight, which is episode one, known as the Tilly episode. Um, and then next week, we will be reviewing Calypso. So that's what we will be doing. Uh, we are actually recording both of those two episodes at the back-to-back -back here. So um, if anything exciting happens over the next week, we won't really be able to, to talk about it until we return for episode three of Short Treks. So I apologize for that. Um, Apology not accepted. <laughs> uh, as far as news goes, not a lot to talk about. The Star Trek um, Fleet Command mobile game released, which is a new free-to-play mobile game from CBS Interactive. Which Free-to-play, pay-to-win. Um, okay, uh, so I haven't played it up. Did you play it at all? Have no, you? not yet. No, Ray, I assume you haven't. Either. I am not. You guys are, are knee-deep in Pokemon Go. Yep. So. Well, I, I play... Balls deep in Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> I play <laughs> a few freemium phone games. Like, honestly, I know the whole world is kind of shitting on the Diablo phone game, but I have the most time to play on my phone than I do regular gaming. So, um, if IPs I'm a fan of want to make mobile games, then I will most likely at least try them out. You know, so um, I I haven't done the Star Trek one, so I might because I do love the IP. Fair enough. Well, so for those who don't know what it is, uh, it actually takes place in the Kelvin timeline, which is uh, interesting and makes me question even more about how the rights work since it's a CBS interactive right produced game, uh, or at least published game. Um, and, you know, Paramount makes the Kelvin film. So that's a very interesting. So... Yeah, it's kind of like a base builder, spacefaring kind of mechanic game. You start off 
um, um, no real spoilers or anything, but you, you start off and you, you meet Scotty. That's like literally the first thing that happens mm-hmm. to Simon Pig Scotty. There's no uh, dialogue, like voice dialogue. It's all just like reading text and the music's good and, you know, all that. And you, you kind of start building things in a space station and upgrading them and you're doing these yeah. little space battles. Um, I'm hoping there's more to it than that because at the moment it just seems like you're upgrading your ship and you're upgrading your base and then you get new crew members that you can then upgrade on your ship and so far it sounds like a game that i have spent about two years and quite a bit of money uh funding over those two years and that's avengers academy Mm. the problem is when you're two years in the game is continuing to be more interesting but because there's so much stuff that you've invested in uh, the free stuff, the stuff that you do pay for, things like that. The games get so buggy. Mm. It's it's ridiculous to load these games. So uh, I know they want people to play them in the long term, but they're just not viable for a phone. They need to, like, at some point, they need to jump to a computer because it's no longer capable of doing it. Right. This reminds me of what you're describing. Also reminds me a little bit of... It was a Fallout bunker management game, basically. Fallout Shelter? Yeah. It's not like that. Okay. Because okay. uh, I actually, I do play Fallout Shelter a little bit. Oh, you still uh, play it? A little bit. Well, when it, I enjoyed it when it first came out. They released it on Switch. Oh. And I actually found it better on Switch. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Because, uh, you know, you had physical controls. It was kind of easier to select what you wanted to select and, mm-hmm. and move around. Um, no, this is a little different. Um because you're moving around. Like, sometimes you're looking at the base and you're upgrading components on the base. Sure. And sometimes you're flying around the galaxy, but you're very zoomed out. Your ship is very tiny looking. And yeah. when you do have a battle, it's done from super far away and you don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. You just watch until a ship blows up, um, which is a little disappointing. I'm hoping that as the game goes, you learn more stuff and you do more things. Right. Um, but basically, everybody's at war with each other. The Klingons, Federation, and Romulans are all at war, and you're an unaligned, uh, you know, independent faction. And so, at some point, I'll have to pick my faction, and yeah, you know, that kind of thing. So, the only reason everyone's at war is because that makes it for a better game. <laughs> I mean, basically, bad trek but good game. Yeah. So, you know, I, I played it for maybe an hour just okay. to kind of see what it was like. It definitely killed the battery on my phone. Yeah. Um, which is a big reason I don't like phone games because I need mm. my phone to last a good 12 hours or more. And oh yeah, the last thing you want to do is boot up something and in 10 minutes, 20%'s gone. And that's kind of what this yeah. one felt like. So, I mean, we'll see. Your external battery's handy. Right, right. Um, I don't know if this is as much as of a money grab as, say, Star Trek Timelines is. And I don't mean that necessarily to say don't play Timelines. I, I, I actually do play Timelines. Um, but I buy the monthly card that's four ninety nine a month, and you know, so it's not really free. Um, and every time you get special characters, they you know suggest that you, oh, here's twenty four ninety nine to get like mm. double this and all this extra stuff, or you know, yeah, whatever. Like it's always in your face to buy things. Always, I actually didn't see any like purchasing stuff in your face for this one okay which is cool give it Um, time give it time but yeah what worries me is it's going to end up being like ea's uh like kind of relaunch of dungeon keeper Uh, which is a very old ip but the new version of it the long story short is you play the dungeon master monster and you build your dungeon and the heroes come in and your goal is to kill them yeah right yeah so 
in the new version, the mobile game, like everything takes time to build and you can purchase goblins to help you build stuff. Mm-hmm. And it starts out like, oh, this will take five minutes. This will take 10 minutes. You're right. And it right. grows and then, and then like you, six days. And, you can yeah. pay for instance exactly. completion. Yeah. That's a pretty standard model. I, I stopped when things were starting to take eight or more days to complete. And yeah. then I'm like, well, I can't even play once a week without spending money. Right. You know? And so I stopped at that point. I'm worried that that's what this will be, but I don't know yet. There you have it, folks. All right, well, that's enough of Star Trek mobile game stuff. We will move on then to Runaway, which is the first Short Treks episode. Yes, you do need CBS All Access to view these. Uh, Partly why we kind of waited this long was to kind of get a group of them together. So we'll be able to watch three this month and then kick into January with uh, the fourth and final one um, of this kind of season, I suppose, before season two kicks off. So, Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, it's a relatively short episode, right? Uh, 18 minutes and change, mm-hmm. give or take, and, you know, features Tilly. So, guys, initial thoughts, impressions. So, I intentionally avoided reading anything about these episodes other than, like, this is a Tilly episode, and then this is an episode that takes place in the distant future. Like, that's all I know about these short treks. Um, but Tilly is one of my favorite characters. I feel like she definitely uh, captures kind of the heart of, of this show, and so I was excited to watch this, but I, I went in with very, very minimal expectations. Uh, so I was kind of blown away. Like, it was just, it was a great story. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's, by nature of its length, they were able to just focus in on, you know, the most important, you know, aspects for the story and just tell the story they wanted to tell. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. That was really compelling. I usually get uh, bored with content even the content that i absolutely adore and i want to reach for my phone and distract myself but this kept my attention the entire time i was curious about uh the uh stowaway and i wanted to know more and i love the little tidbits that tilly added in there about her life too so Mm -hmm. it was interesting and fulfilling and it told the story it wanted to tell successfully i believe yeah Yeah, I think I'm pretty much with you guys there. Uh, I also try to go in as blind as possible, you know, so of course I know it's the Tilly episode, and uh, which is great. I think that's a good way to kick things off because she was certainly the fan favorite from season one of Discovery. I like how in every cast, they always try to have like the everyman. Tilly is the first one where it's a female or, you know, the, the character's not super extraordinary they don't have like some insane specialty that makes them the best of the best and um in in that right they are extraordinary because they're just a little bit different and she though just has such a sparkling personality and such a relatable storyline that i feel like she connected a little bit more than say um Ensign Kim ever did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Harry. He's adorable, and I am always rooting for Harry, but he gets the short end of the stick a lot, and he's an everyman that you're like, man, I, I, I'm not quite sure I want to be like him. Right. I mean, Tilly's already been promoted. Uh, yeah, this one right? Season. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's, she's very, uh, and, and I, they touched on that. I like that she's, she's very um, believable, very vulnerable, uh, and there's a strength in her character, uh, and I like the fact that, you know, we don't just have a typical, like, oh, I'm going to be a commander, you know, and, and getting all excited about it. But, like, you get to see the insecurity. You get to see that she's struggling. You get to see that she has a complicated relationship with her mother who 
doesn't seem to really have a whole lot of faith in her and it probably comes from a very good place but it's not an encouraging thing that you know that she was hoping for she doesn't have the support of the people who she should have now i guess we didn't do spoiler warning so i apologize to anybody who hasn't watched it yet i guess this is your spoiler warning yeah we're not quite Uh, there i apologize yeah uh, we'll do better um yeah so i actually thought that was really interesting because you know a lot a lot of people, at least I feel like maybe us growing up, were kind of like, we would have the disappointed parent talk when we didn't want to push ourselves to do something mm-hmm. versus yeah. in this case, Tilly's getting that talk because her mom, I guess, feels like Tilly can't do it, can't yeah. do the command track. I think she has seen her daughter freeze up and run away. And by the time now, like what, Tilly's mid-20s, late 20s, something like that, that she's just tired of seeing her daughter freeze up and run away like she's pushed her into other things and it didn't really work so now she's kind of like well if you can't do it there's nothing wrong with staying where you're at right yeah i guess maybe part of the problem is we know we know her now post season one of discovery and maybe her mother doesn't really get that but she's a pretty strong character Mm -hmm. she yeah she's normal in the sense that like things do scare her and stress her out and Mm -hmm. she obsesses over things but that's what most people would do right in situations you know significantly less allergies that make her snore (laughs) it's interesting too so the thought occurred to me um while they're talking it's like her mom doesn't know her her mom doesn't know what she went through in the mirror universe like Mm -hmm. her mom has no clue the you know the way in which she showed up and rose to the occasion um which is interesting it's kind of like a humbling like how do you it's, explain that to somebody yeah, too? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a traumatic life experience. I mean, like, well, in the like mirror universe is, is classified, right? So she can't really explain it. She can say, "I, right. you know, I was on a traumatic away mission," but that's you know not really going to even give it credit uh, or you know give it to its full justice. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Did you guys get kind of um, less flamboyant looks on a vibes from the mom? A little bit, yeah. No, kind of like patronizing. No? Yeah. Like, well-intentioned, but patronizing. I didn't get Luxana. I just got a parent who doesn't really believe in their kid, is really yeah. what it, I got. Like, there's years of disconnect in between them. Like, Luxana, to me, you, you take away the over-the-top and the flamboyance, and to me, she's just somebody who never really understood Deanna but she after a certain her. point. Right. She always believed in her, though, and wanted to push her to do, not necessarily what diana wanted to do right right but still wanted to push her daughter to do things she never really belittled her daughter's abilities that's fair. you know maybe didn't agree with her like her choice of life because you know she really wanted De- diana to like have kid, get married and have kids and all that kind of stuff and diana wasn't in a rush to, to do another beta zoid i mean yeah yeah i mean they arranged that marriage they did they so, did. I mean, that that would have been first choice, of course. And... I don't know if, I don't think Luxana would have had a problem with her and Will marrying if it had just happened. Right. <laughs> you know? That's fair. Uh, I think she was just sick of waiting and assumed if, if, if it's taking time, Will's not the right one. But... In all fairness, Luxana, so were the fans. Fair. We, we got tired of waiting, <laughs> yeah. too. Um, but no, so was good. I thought it was fun. I like kind of seeing her a little bit on her own, in her own head. Mm-hmm. There, there's one thing I want to point out before we get too far, though. I definitely felt like this episode was um, a little on the cheap side. And 
What I mean the green by that, screen at the beginning was very noticeable. Yeah, the shuttle bay sequence mm-hmm. on the interior shuttle I, bay yeah, sequence. Yeah, I saw that too. That yeah. was rough. Um, and when you're already doing an episode that's about a third the length of a full episode, uh, and you also have an incredibly small cast, I mean, you only have three characters with speaking lines right in this episode one of them's the computer oh, i guess yeah. four then with the computer oh okay yeah. sorry yeah. i i forgot about the mom for a second yeah so four four speaking characters right all women all women mm-hmm. test. Woo. um you know you've got some predator special effects you've got some good special effects makeup mm-hmm. on poe um and then other than that you have a food fight and that, that's kind of all your expenses are i mean the, the thing takes place um in the quarters, which is a set that already exists, right? The mess hall, which is a set that already exists, and the transporter room, which is a set that already exists. In other words, like why not allocate just a little bit more money to sharpening up that green screen tech? Because we just sat through Discovery season one, we know it's there. Yeah, that's part of the issue, right? Because from an expense standpoint, you have Poe's character, all of her makeup, special effects work, her costuming, all mm-hmm. of that. You got a little bit of the special cloaking. Of her cloaking, the special effects on making the mother's hologram, yeah, and then the transporter effect, and that that's that's the bulk of the episode special effects. So I and budget because I mean Tilly's wearing the same uniform she's gonna be wearing you know in season two, right? Right. Yeah. So I kind of feel like they maybe took a little too many corners on the budget for this one. That is the first they've right. never done this before, right? Uh, on the flip side, you could argue that this isn't super new because the star trek animated series episodes are about the same length yeah so short form trek telling in canon is a thing yeah just not live action Uh, yeah not live action and like i mean it's not hard to do special effects on a cartoon sure yeah i just meant that like i don't feel everyone's talking about like how constrained they must be to pull this off and i mean it was done in the 70s from a storytelling perspective right right so i i just feel like if they really want this to be a thing, if they want people to pay for an entire month of CBS All Access for one 20 minute episode, yeah. then just finish the special effects. That's all I'm saying. That's, yeah, that's, that's really my only complaint with the episode. That's fair. That's very, very, okay. yeah. Um, but let's talk about Poe, though. Yeah. So, first of all, I really appreciate the fact that we are starting to see more and more aliens that are not. A straight-up humanoid match, mm-hmm. which was a huge thing of TOS. Mm-hmm. Like, you Four know, of the week. Exactly. <laughs> um, this character adopted similar techniques that Doug Jones does when he does Saru. She mm-hmm. had a slightly different gait yeah. to her walk. She had... Uh, Something animalistic about mm-hmm. her. She reminded me of Jayla. Mm-hmm. In the way she talked. I didn't really want to make that connection because, you know, two alien women who are also intelligent shouldn't necessarily equal... I shouldn't automatically go to that comparison, but yeah, I did too. I don't I don't think it's so much. I mean, their, their builds are similar. Their costuming is similar. Right. Their, their, their cadence and how they talked similar. was similar. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, let's be fair. We did just watch Beyond right. to review it a couple of weeks ago, so it is fresh in my memory. I haven't watched a ton of Trek between then and now. Um, so she, her Jayla, one of my favorite characters in any Star Trek film, is very fresh in my mind right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I definitely don't mean it in any negative way at all. 
I just, I want there to be more strong female characters in the world so I don't have to make constant comparisons so I can be like, oh, this is unique. Or there can be more, it'd be nice if there were more strong female characters so that when you did draw a comparison between these two, it's not the only two in right. recent memory, it's it's two of a dozen. Right. Yeah. Now, um, I'm having a hard time remembering how to pronounce her species, Poe's species. Zahian. Zahian? Okay. Zahian. So, I, I mean, I thought the Zahian design was really interesting. It was really neat. It wasn't just her face. Like, she had stuff on her arms and her hands that was, you know, not human-looking skin. I really like the multiple different colors that went into it, especially, like, the contrast between the peaches and the blues is very pretty. We all know that orange and blue are opposite on the color wheel, so peach being like a a paler orange kind of makes sense. The uh, my favorite part, I guess, is just in the makeup when I instruct people on panels on how to do body paint and things like that. I always tell them to look for hidden colors in your skin tone because we're not just all one color, and you zoom in closely. And we're a pixelated mess of browns and greens, not greens, excuse me, browns and pinks and whites and oranges. So um, this was really beautiful because of the way they did that. And they added in colors, but blended them very nicely. So her look was foreign, but also natural in some way. That's fair. Um I, I like that she kind of had like these spikes on her back as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. and stuff too. I like that she was able to go from one extreme kind of to another where she's very animalistic and ready to defend herself, but then at the same time is also incredibly intelligent. And walking erect and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that because it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, if we were stuck on an alien ship and couldn't speak the language and didn't know if we could trust them like we're not going to act like we're acting right now at least not if we want to survive right kind of thing so i thought that was a really cool kind of way to introduce the character anytime we get a monster of a week or in this case alien of the week they tend to only have one facet intelligent animalistic sexual like they never have multiple so in Mm -hmm a 20-minute short to see her show quite a few different personality traits as well as just physical range was impressive. It it shows just the evolution of Trek as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I really liked the exchange that Tilly and Poe had uh, when they you know, she first got out the translator and it went from growling at each other to like this very witty... Uh, jab back and forth mm-hmm. just a lot of smart ass i made that when i was nine yeah i did like tilly's response though where she basically growls back because it kind of shows how far she's come yeah as a character to where like she doesn't know if she can take this woman you know in a fight right like right. you know who knows we don't, she has no clue but she's willing to stand up for herself and not back down Mm-hmm. You know, which I thought was really cool. I thought that was a good character moment. She was just trying to prove that she was there to help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to be a little more on the offensive to actually get something done. So I can appreciate that, too. Um, I, th- I like the uh, the kitchen scene. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I-, I like mm-hmm. the idea that by this point in time, the computer is going to probably discourage unhealthy habits. But at the same time, people like me are going to tell it to just piss off. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of like that, again, showing Tilly being just human, right? She isn't 
you know anything different. She is human. She's just incredibly intelligent yeah. and co- and confident in who she is and what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. But she's still us. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, the the, the replicator is just throwing food out. Is kind of funny. Um, not sure entirely what the mechanic is for that. Right, right. It showed that the Zahian biological. Uh, defense mechanism of going invisible later on had some interference with the um, uh, device in Mm -hmm. her quarters. So Mm -hmm. I think that's just part of the character. And that is something I would have liked a little bit more expansion on. Like what about her just natural like magnetic aura does that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's I guess if we never see the Zahians again, it's no big deal. It would be a damn shame. I would love to after this. Like, I I finished this episode wanting more, wanting to figure out not just about her and her family, but the but her planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, with I don't know, it's it's ripe for revisitation because it's a dilithium rich planet. So there, there's plenty of reasons to go back. Yeah, I, I actually think based on the episode that her ability to tap into technology is completely voluntary. I felt like she was doing it yeah. on purpose. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, she used the computer system to unlock the crate she was in at the beginning. For example, in the shuttle bay, she purposefully was interfering with Tilly's computer system because she didn't really want Tilly to read about all the information about her, right? right. Maybe it said on there that she was queen of Zahina, right? Yeah. Um, and so I definitely felt like her interfering with the replicators was a way for her to distract Tilly in an attempt to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can be nitpicky and say it doesn't really make sense for the replicator to have the functionality to shoot out food. So, you yeah, know, um, yeah. I, I don't really understand mechanically speaking why I would have been built to be able to do that. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so like there's a few things we can be nitpicky about at the same time, like in previous Star Trek that of course takes place after this, we talk about crystal regeneration, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. a thing that's talked about. And there's sometimes it, there, you can regenerate, re, uh, regenerate it a little bit. Sometimes you can't. Wesley has that whole project he's working on during, uh, you know, um, What's the? I can't remember the name of the episode now. It's the it's the one where Data's playing Calto and Riker's got the uh, the other ship, the Constellation class ship. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but I remember that. Now. All that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, War Games. Yeah. Yes. There it is. War Games. There it is. Um, you know, so like this is a thing in Star Trek, and so I'm. It's a little interesting that it was invented not only by a species we've never heard of before, but by the queen of that species. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about that last leap because, again, it's that kind of Star Trekky trope where everybody has to be really important all the time. <laughs> right? She can't just be a very intelligent, self-taught person who worked in the mines and figured out this amazing invention. She has to also be the queen of the planet. Right. Right? Like, is that necessary? I mean, if it comes up again in another episode and that's relevant, cool. Yeah. But if this is the last time we ever see her, it just kind of seems like an unnecessary thing to fulfill her to fill her character out they gave us too much information about her and her whole situation that wasn't relevant to this for this to not be a lead into a full episode later i hope so yeah yeah I definitely hope so yeah right her character design is really cool her mm-hmm. abilities are very cool the technology is obviously important right plus if people don't want to get on board with with the short tracks that's fine, but then an episode comes out, you know, a year from now or later on this season, and, or whatever the case may be, and then you know, oh god, I guess I should go back and watch that. Well, I think most people will probably catch these when they just resubscribe for season two of Discovery. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Not? I mean, they're right there, right? And I mean, I might have done that if we weren't doing the podcast, 
because don't get me wrong, I look, I have no problem paying for Star Trek. I paid for last season, I'll pay for this season. Same. I've purchased season one of Discovery already on Blu-ray. Same, yep. I just I wasn't gonna pay ten bucks for a twenty minute episode and then do that three times. Yeah, in, you know, that's not worth it. Twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. I just you know that's not enough content. No. for me. Um, all right. So, any other areas of the episode you want to touch on before we wrap up? Then, okay. Can't think of anything. Um, the hormonal rabbit was <laughs> like I can't imagine what I would say. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good. That was kind of funny. It was. I expected her to just say there was some type of computer glitch. Well, she's so she's still so very anxious and awkward, and it's cool that like she's grown so much as a character, and we've seen her go through some really difficult things and and become a stronger person. But she's still her. Like yeah. she will always still be this weird, quirky girl. And I don't know. I'm excited to see her evolution over the show. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they don't like kill her off, and I have to come back and like eat crow <sighs> here. But um, I'm excited for her. Like I feel like she's a character that uh, I'm excited to grow with in the, next, in the coming years. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there. I do have to say, just on a slight tangent, I love her hair. Like, oh yeah, so much. It's so cool. I love, I love everything about her. I've had a crush on her from the beginning. Fair enough. Well, um, so we did a Twitter poll. We didn't have a lot of lead time for this because this is a different format for us, and we'll do one for Calypso when we come back uh, for episode three of Short Tracks because we're going to record Calypso right after this. But I did ask how people would grade this one, kind of like we were doing for the movies. And it was a little more split. Um, Again, not a ton of votes because this was a little last minute. But uh, half of the people gave it an A. Mm -hmm. Uh, A quarter of people gave it a D or lower. And then a split uh, between B and C. So I was curious, where would you guys have ranked, rated, um, graded, excuse me, this episode? An A. Yeah. I would also say an A. Like, I I get the nitpick with the the effects or whatever, but um, I don't know. I'm yes, Discovery is capable of better effects, but as a long-term Trek and Doctor Who fan, like effects don't deter me if the writing is really good. And the Agreed. writing here was really good. Like in a 15-minute segment, we got a story that was very uh, emotional and empathetic and, and true to the nature of Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's yeah, the effects that's could have been much worse, and I would still have graded it an A. Mm-hmm. I'm somewhere between a B and an A just because. We've already seen good effects in Discovery, mm-hmm. so they've already proven to me that they can do it with this stuff, yeah. with this group of creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it felt like a step backwards rather yeah. than it just being the first thing that we saw in Discovery, and I could forgive it. This is after they've already filmed 15 episodes plus however much was produced for season two by this point. Um, so I just felt like it was a step back, which is why I might push it down to like a B area sure. of a grade. But I love the story. Tilly's great. Yeah, so it was great. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, next week we will be reviewing Calypso, which is Short Tracks Episode 2. Like I said, we're recording these two back-to-back, so we will not have any news for that one. Thank you for joining us for this shorter episode of Red Shirts and Runabouts, part of the Heroes Podcast Network. I do want to do a little plug. If you like the show and you want to support us, we have brand new Red Shirts and Runabouts t-shirts available on our Tee Public store. If you go to Heroes Podcasts, 
Com and click on the store button. Uh, they come in different styles and colors and all that kind of cool stuff. I just got mine in the mail literally today. I'm not even kidding. And I bought a red one because why aren't you wearing it? Red shirts. I'm wearing it tomorrow. Well, I was going to wear it tomorrow night. Um, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So go check that out if you would like to support us um, and want some swag at the same time. Zach, where can people find you? Uh, on Instagram or Twitter at AvengersES. Right. I am at Siren Ray on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And I am the Star Trek Dude on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. And you can actually find Ray and I on Screen Heroes, which is the flagship series here on the Heroes Podcast Network. We cover TV and film primarily, so you can go check us out there. We'll be uh, reviewing a lot of stuff this month, like Mortal Engines. We're going to review the Christmas Chronicles, which is the Kurt Russell Netflix Christmas movie. We'll do Aquaman some other things so join us out there you can find us at heroespodcast.com or at redshirtspod on twitter we'll catch you guys next time red shirts and runabouts is part of the heroes podcast network and is executive produced by me Derek mayer our music is by flying killer robots please consider following us on social media at redshirtspod on twitter or at heroes podcasts on facebook instagram twitch or patreon you can also go to heroespodcast.com to find all of the episodes for Red Shirts and Runabouts, as well as the other shows on the Heroes Podcast Network. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, or anywhere that you want to drop our RSS feed. If you drop us a review on iTunes, we'll be sure to give you a shout out on a future episode. Thanks for tuning in. Live long and prosper. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.